We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, last week I just kind of launched into a stream of consciousness and, and takes. Uh, I'm not going to do that today, but I'm also going to do that today. <clears throat> we have finally reached the all-star break, uh, the quote-unquote halfway point of the season. We're actually more than halfway into this season. And uh, I've never needed a break from watching baseball more. Uh, how about you? You ever needed a break from watching baseball more than you needed it right now in this moment in your life, Adam? Yeah, I'm kind of itching for a game right now. Uh, this is not even a, this is a genuine thing because I think I reached this point about 10 days ago. As those who listen to the pod will know, whereas I was like, well, there's so many games. Uh, so I have not been watching particularly this series for me. It's like, oh, San Francisco. Well, there are some games that are not at a friendly time for me, so I will not be watching those live, and that's how the series transpired. So full transparency on that up front, I was playing catch-up, which made for quite the experience. A lot of stuff in this series that, you know, you hear about it, and it's one thing, and then you see it, and you're like, my God, it's even worse. Um, no, what I, I said this to you before we started, and I think you need to hear it, whether you'll be able to convince yourself to buy in on it is a different thing. Maybe other Brewers fans listening need to hear it. 
I'm very much in a place where I'm very excited to watch the Milwaukee Brewers play baseball again. And that is in part down to the fact that, you know, we can, at this point, it's a bit like before a season starts where anything is possible. Right now, we can be like, a few days off, a few days rest, everyone resets, come back, things are going to be great. They're going to find a spark. Some guys who've been slumping are inconsistent. They'll find it offensively. Pitching will improve. Freddie will be back soon. And, you know, things will be things will be rosy from there. Now, Andrew, is that realistically? Is that likely to happen? No, but you can't tell me that it's definitely not going to happen at this point. Uh, that's a good attitude to go into it with after a series that really had a lot of a lot of stuff go wrong in very different ways. We've, you know, a, a tight 3-2 win in Manfred Ball in game one. Uh, a reliable reliever has maybe I someone tell me if, if I'm wrong, but probably top five worst outings of his career, if not the worst, didn't record an out. And you get an ump show. And then a Sunday game where the team's just trying to survive and then it goes awry early. So your mindset of taking a hard reset and viewing Friday against the Colorado Rockies as just like the best way to phrase it is you're going to wake up and say, this is the first day of the rest of my life and let's turn on the Brewers. Uh, I, I like that mindset. Because right now, it just does not feel good and did not feel good to watch baseball. Uh, it was a tough one. And I'm, I'm, I applaud you for coming in with the, the fresh optimism that, that is in, uh, in your voice right now. Uh, because it is... It's not, it's not my important. usual thing either. Yeah, that's, that's, I wasn't going to say it quite like that. <laughs> but uh, I, I was... <laughs> That was uh, that was another thing that surprised me about where you're going with this. It is important to remember that as disastrous as it felt losing three games in a row, uh, the Brewers still maintain a half game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League Central. The Cardinals so are embarrassing. Not, they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, they didn't. Well, to their benefit they did not play yesterday because of i think it got rained out but they probably would have beaten the cincinnati reds and things would be uh tied in the standings um who can say uh yeah who can't say because it didn't happen uh i don't know how specifically we want to talk about these games i guess we have to but i wanna uh, like there's there's real stuff i think that we have to talk through here like stuff that um one some in terms of the gimmick of the pod which is this is all this is new for me there's some stuff i've never seen before uh there's some one really notable thing with this series which i mean the brewers entire season may hinge on which is what we saw in game two and whether that is something that is going to repeat itself or whether that is just an example of you know the kind of scenario where my optimism could pay off where it's just a few days off everyone clear their head reset and let's let's get back on track. Like this is this was a brutal series to watch from a Brewers perspective, but it's not an unimportant series. Like they're at a crossroads in the season right now, at a very fitting time to be in that kind of spot. 
trade deadline looming. And I think we all know that there is a need for them to go and find a bat, maybe find an arm too. Whether any of that happens remains to be seen, but they're in a really interesting spot right now, given how injuries have kind of played out from across the course of the season. And recently, given how they're playing of late, given some of, well, literally their most reliable player through probably the first 30 to 40 games of the season. Now looking, well, I mean, he was completely as unreliable as he could possibly be in game two. And that's Josh Hader I'm talking about. So like, that's all of that is interesting. And it's, this is a point where the season hinges on this series is something that one way or another, it may be kind of rock bottom for some of the elements of it, or it may be the thing that season's finished and we're looking back and we're going to be like, yeah, well, that that giant series really, that was the season kind of in microcosm, or that was the thing that signaled the direction it was heading and it being very much a downward trajectory as opposed to an upward trajectory. So I, as much as it's not the most fun, as much as you definitely don't want to, I think we should go through the games. And, I mean, we at least start on a positive note, and uh, this this series had a lot of the things that, we worry about moving forward and it also had a lot of the things to provide comfort with and th- that first thing is that Corbin Burns is very good at baseball and one of the best pitchers in baseball allows two runs uh on uh a pass ball by Victor Caratini and a Jock Peterson single in the third and then that was all he would allow goes seven and a third innings only four hits uh two runs one of them was earned three strikeouts or 10 strikeouts three walks just uh gave them another pitching performance deep into a game when they needed it, kept them in the game and allowed them the opportunity uh, to eventually get those runs across uh, that would win them the game. I'm a cushion sack fly in the fourth, Willie Adamas single in the sixth, and then Jonathan Davis in Manford ball beats out an infield single uh, just past the pitcher. I just score Christian Yelich. Take it to Devin Williams, newly named all-star Devin Williams, we should say, yeah, which is there's some good very well-deserved. Yeah. Very happy news for him. He's deserved it uh, the entire time. As Jeff Passan even said it when he made his announcement or, or tweet about it, a, a wrong righted, and that is couldn't be more true. Closes things down in the ninth. Brewers get a 3-2 win. Series started off on a positive note, uh, and then that's when things would take a turn. We'll go specifically into to what you were mentioning, which was uh, Josh Hader's well, tough let's night. Just, let's not skip on yet. Just I want to – from. From game one, I want to say um, shout out to Jonathan Davis, who in pretty unconventional fashion, but his little chopper obviously gets the winning run home. Um, also had a really, really great like slide into t- third base earlier in that game. Like he was just doing good work. Um, pretty aggressive. He was cut out later in the series with his base running, but He's he's doing some good stuff. He's really trying to make an impact, and he's, I mean, under the circumstances, I've I've been quite impressed with him, and I say good for him. Like it's the kind of story. I don't know. He hasn't quite got this much equity in the bank yet. It'd be great if it could continue, but where we could look back if he sticks around on the roster and he continues to contribute, where you're like, oh, that's kind of a Hobie Milner esque story for the Brewers this season, and I am very very fond of that. Um, Trevor got early in the season, those kind of things. It's nice to see a guy who's just kind of very much on the fringes of the league, future in the balance, get a chance and actually do quite well. And he is doing quite well. Um, He's making an impact. His numbers are not dazzling by any stretch of the imagination, 
but showing to be a good defender and not someone who is adverse to coming up and making kind of clutch plays from time to time too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Davis has been exactly what you need from the fill in center fielder. He obviously made us uh, first error of the season yesterday, but for the large part has played just great center field, um, save that error and that unlucky bounce um, on the inside of the park Homer. I also, in running down this very quickly, this did not capture the, uh, actual spirit of what it was like to watch this baseball game because the Brewers kept getting guys on early and kept not driving them in. And a lot of times we'll talk about this and like, oh, three for 15 with runners in scoring position. Like, what are they doing? How are they doing this? This was just, especially through the first five innings, Carlos Rodon, like allowing base runners and then locking into like superhero mode and just throwing 97 mile an hour heaters on the corner and back foot sliders that uh, were insane. So, very frustrating and stressful game during those points. And then you're just like, this shouldn't be happening, but like I wouldn't make contact with that. What am I going to do about it? So yeah, very, uh, very interesting game all around. And I forgot to mention another scoreless inning for Hobie Milner, uh, Trevor got two thirds scoreless innings with a pair of strikeouts. He would record the win um, just because of when he came into the baseball game. Uh, so yeah, very interesting. I've, I've got game. one other one other note on that game, which is I believe Corbin Burns moved to first all time in Brewers uh, franchise history for most games with double digit strikeouts. So also yep, that's that that's that that we noted about him and Gallardo um, a few weeks ago, and how quickly Corbin did it compared to how many starts it was for Gallardo. I uh, moved past him, and <laughs> so that's stats even looking even more efficient as he has the the 10 strikeout record all to himself. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, game two of this series, less fun, but it, it really seemed like it was going to be fun for, fun until for, it wasn't. Most, for, from the fifth inning on, it felt really fun. Uh, Brandon Woodruff got the start tonight, uh, again, or that night against Alex Wood and Woodruff really did not have it, but managed to pitch his way out of trouble frequently. And, um, it was, 
it was a return to, I guess, some of the early season stuff before he righted himself and like couldn't walk anyone. He walked five in this game and allowed five hits, but still made it through five and two thirds innings. Pitching into the sixth inning, despite all the base runners he was allowing, goes up to 112 pitches, but limited the damage in terms of runs. He only allowed two earned runs. And they only came in that one uh, second inning triple from Lamont Wade Jr. So uh, really, just really tough performance from Woodruff to continue pitching through all that adversity and not allow runs. The fifth inning, the Brewers put up a five spot. Uh, Colton Wong scores on an error. Andrew McCutcheon double scores three. Uh, Luis Urias walks with the bases loaded to make it 5-2. And the Brewers would carry that 5-2 lead into the ninth inning thanks to another great performance from Hobie Milner, one and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. And then uh, Yandel Gustave uh, gave a scoreless inning in there as well. Uh, and then Josh Hader would come on and things would go incredibly poorly. And again, we said this, I think, in the last episode, Hader really just seems like a guy in need of a break. And I think it is probably just as simple as that. And like in his post game interview, I know you uh, you'd sent me that, and he just looked like deflated and like a guy who just defeated. Like tough, yeah. tough watch. Like from the guy who was so supremely confident for so much of the season, he really does not feel like he has it at all right now. And that is part of my question on this. I mean, maybe we should run through what happened first. Um. Let me try and remember who had the homers. Roof homered off him first, I think, right? Um, uh, yeah, so it was a uh, a Joey Bart homer to start things off. Made okay. it 5-3. That was a solo shot. Uh, Darren Ruff answers with a, another solo shot to make it 5-4. And then uh, Mike Yastrzemski comes to the bases with the bases loaded and hits a walk-off grand slam to I'm- dead center fields. Bases loaded, it, like obviously it's a given after you're giving up two homers, and then you load the bases that things are a mess, but like real mess, hit by pitch in there, which is Hater does not do stuff like that very often. Um, do closers never get pulled, Andrew? Uh, they get pulled. Um, but a like, guy like Hater, surely, surely two homers, you're thinking about it. Then he starts to load up the bases. Like, uh, that's the wild thing to me. You had so much of a cushion when he gets in. But by the time the two homers go across, you don't. Uh, that's, I, I can't understand that because it's one of two things. One, you're not doing what's best to give you a chance to win the game. But ultimately, like, I, I know the debate would be, oh, you know, you pull him, it crushes his confidence. <laughs> you know what crushed his confidence? Giving up a, a walk-off grand slam. And a, a six-run inning with three homers. First time in Major League Baseball history that uh, a pitcher has given up two home runs and a walk-off grand slam. Like, uh, is that doing anything to protect his confidence? I, uh, To me, maybe also if we're to to give, I did not give Council credit, to cut up some slack, going 10 the night before possibly doesn't help you. Um, I'm trying to think like the Devon pitch, the final game of the previous series. 
against the Twins. Uh, I don't believe so because they they lost pretty badly. Yeah, I don't think he did. Like maybe after the two homers. Oh, he did. Okay, so that takes time. Oh, okay. I th- I think it's one of those situations where two things: if they don't have three more games or two more games in this series to finish up, and he's not Josh Hader, I think he gets pulled. Uh, I, I actually, sorry, I completely forgot that his previous start, he gave up three runs. They were tied going into the ninth, and he gave up three runs until those four ones to the Twins. Yeah, that's, I it was bad, uh, but I, for, I forgot just how bad his previous outing had been. Yeah, the last, I think, uh, there is some stat that, again, big time Ty Windish had dropped on Twitter. You know, Ty's good for dropping on, in on a podcast every like month and then dropping <laughs> baseball tweets. Uh, stats. That, that Nothing Ty loves with, more but than having tweet. a thought and going and finding the stats to get a tweet out. Yeah, so the run for Hater has been tough in general. That that previous start and just how it's been going for him in general would be why I would lean more towards, you know, Joey Bart hits that Homer probably time to get Boxberger or, or Devin Williams up in the pen, even though that, like you said, it would have been quite a bit of work in a row for Devin. So definitely. Yeah. Not, not for don't box, do that. Though. That's a good call. We didn't actually, did we yeah. see box at all? We I don't think see box in this series. No. So He's a guy who needs a rest too. <laughs> yeah, so in the it would have been nice to grab that win, but maybe it's a situation where he's just trying to grab rest for a lot of different guys. And and like it's a tough situation because you could easily have seen Hader going from that point and striking his way out of that inning. Because yeah, I mean he's it, the previous outing before the one where he gave a bunch of runs didn't he have a save with three strikeouts like he's sure stuff but doesn't look bad at i all. know he's but you, you can't go past the the twins one though like if you're counseling that situation you've got to be thinking okay and like you mentioned we mentioned the last episode i feel like i've mentioned it probably for our last five or six episodes where at the start it went from hater doesn't really have it but you know you still getting it done, and that's important, and it's good to see him work through that as opposed to just all fall apart. And it's gradually, every every series, it's got worse and worse and worse till we get to this point. I just, for me, like, he is too important. He is too important to just let him die out there, which is what ultimately happened. And he, there's no way he'd be more crushed from pulling him. I just don't see it. Like, you've got to, you can, you can take him out of the game, be like, look, realistically they may still lose particularly if you're taking them out with runners on that by being like look these things happen you're you're our guy though like you're the best closer in baseball we're gonna we're gonna work this out but i took you out there for your own good you're gonna rest up we're gonna we're gonna work through this as opposed to just like what do you say when you leave him out there to die yeah i mean i I I would crush counsel if I thought that this was cut and dry. I think it's a you can make cases both ways. What would I have done? I would have had someone warming up as soon as Darren Ruff hit that home run. But Josh Hader's Josh Hader, and now he's sure. got and now and now he's got some time to to get that rest and refocus that he needs. I'm happy for him that he didn't feel the pressure to oh I was named an All Star. I have to go at least sit in. Uh, Los Angeles. I'm glad that he's gonna like, get that. What? I mean, right, right now, <laughs> the last thing he wants is to see him go to the All Star game and face the best hitters in baseball. Well, well that 
Well, beyond that, even like I'm glad that he's like Corbin. Oh, I, I agree, but I think that since he was named, like there is another reason to be glad for him not going there. I oh, don't think yeah, he's yeah, necessarily yeah. going to get his confidence boost there. He could <laughs> if it went well, but it could also go very, very poorly. And and since like Corbin's in a better probably way and better headspace, but he's so he's not pitching on uh, Tuesday night. He said, you know, he wants to make sure he's nothing goes wrong. He's ready for the second half of the season. Team needs him too much. Uh, he so he's still going to go and enjoy the festivities. But if if I'm Josh Hader, now putting myself in his shoes, who who knows how he really feels? I would not want to just deal with all the pomp and circumstance when I'm just in like one of the worst runs uh in my career and it is one thing of note that uh brewers fans had been telling me in the discord or i've been seeing tweets about it is that like this is a thing that happens to josh Hader usually mm-hmm. in july uh yeah. i had a stat from from jr radcliffe uh from the other day he was kind of saying here here's what <laughs> Hader usually does in july guess what guys august is coming soon it's gonna be fine kind of a situation but uh yeah i'll i'll find that at some point and drop it in there but i think part of the anxiety is that obviously you know this as well as anyone he did not have a good time of it against the braves and that's when it really mattered and that brought a question mark that then you just completely forget about because he looks so so dominant like I, it's easy to forget that right now and you look at his ERA just in like record time soaring to be pretty bad um, and it's like oh well Devin is the guy and I've seen loads of tweets about this which it's not like it's not to knock Devin Devin is certainly incredible and him and Hayter are almost both the guy but it's like the I, I wouldn't rush to throw Hayter under the bus and be like oh he hasn't got it because I just I think his importance to the team, like the thing we talk about all the time, maybe this importance could dwindle if you you know made a trade and got some more offense going. This team needs perfect pitching all the time to win games. And certainly if they're going to get to the playoffs and have as unlikely as it seems right now, any prospect of making a real run, going to need near perfect pitching. So... Devin Williams being the guy is great. Josh Hader would also need to be the guy. Like, there could be no, oh, it's just, you know, move on, trade him. I saw some tweets like this. Not that it's ever too too wise to get too lost in Brewers Twitter, Books Twitter, any Twitter. But the Brewers are built in a way where they need the best version of Josh Hader to have any real chance of success. And that's why I'm not even... Like, I'm not dinging counsel on this. I, he's obviously the person to make the decision, but I like, I, I actually feel like there's a more kind of a human element to it, too, of like, this guy is having a hard time. Like, and we know he's had a hard time in his private life. He's had a very stressful few months. Uh, thankfully, he's come to the other side of that. Him and his partner, his wife, have a, what seems like a, a very happy, healthy young baby. Like, that's great. But he's been through it, and now the thing that was actually remarkably consistent for him through that tough time was his game still. That's kind of gone away from him. Like, to me, it's arm around the shoulder time, and it's it's really kind of look after him. I just don't think that's what happened there, and I was surprised by it. And I get he's Josh Hader, so you leave him out there, and you could get out of it. And also, you're afraid to pull him, because what are the optics of pulling him? The optics are not as bad as letting happen what actually happened. 
uh i found that stat finally uh i was buying I you some I time a, i think i need a new laptop because just windows are not loading and this is not, not ideal for podcasting when you're trying to navigate a bunch of different screens uh so from jr radcliffe of the milwaukee journal sentinel uh josh Hader, july 2021 five and two-thirds innings pitch six hits six earned runs three home runs for a 9.53 era Followed that up with a nine and one third inning pitch August, four hits total, a zero ERA. Uh, so it appears that this is a. There is another part thing. of that tweet. Yeah, I'm following it up. Uh, and two, 2019 had a four appearance. No, there's another July. part to the first tweet. Oh, there is? Yeah, well, I mean, he's been twice as bad this July. Oh, well, you know, more outings. So, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Not more. Oh, okay. Well, actually, 5.1 innings pitch as opposed to 5.2. He's had more than double the hits and runs of last year. Yeah. So I, I'm just for full it, transparency. I, I, I love, I love the message. Listen, this fits my everything's going to be fine. Maybe not next week in a haters case, but we're nearly in August. Uh, but just for full transparency to add the rest of the JR Radcliffe, which he himself says just ignore the haters thrown. 5.1 innings this July. I led more than double the hits and runs of last year, which I, I would love to ignore. For a reason. I already had I, my I'm narrative. just being honest. Already had my narrative, so I was good with it from there. Hey, be- better uh, in August is better in August. So the 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 one comforting thing it's like it's not like there's anything wrong with the stuff. Like he's not. It's not like oh, haters throwing 92 now. Uh-oh, what's wrong? So, uh, yeah, maybe it's uh as simple as that rest and relaxation or a mindset thing, but it, 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 it was a no win situation there to your point, Adam, because if I, I mean this, not that this matters, but I could have seen it's Twitter divided into two different things. If he takes him out and box allows the grand slam, they're like, why didn't you let hater pitch his way out of it? And if you don't, it's like, Oh, wh- why did you let hater die on the vine? I lean more towards the, where you are with the, the cautious, like Josh's needs, just he just needs his time, like away, and it's like time to just be like, all right, this is. And, and to cre- council's credit, I think the one thing we've always said about what he does well is really know looks his after players, his guys, controls, look, looks manages after. his locker room, his clubhouse. And so, if like a a, a different manager like apparently Charlie Montoya from the Blue Jays of a few weeks ago that doesn't have those relationships with his players. If he's making those decisions to take out his key players in key situations, maybe it doesn't go over as well. But I think Council's a guy where if he came to get Hater in that situation, Hater might be mad at the, in the moment, but when they're talking about it uh, yep. after the game or the next day, he would understand. But Arm around them, explain it. I think particularly because you're going into the break. Like that is also different than this is in like, it's a perfect juncture. It's like, look, it didn't go for your last outing. It wasn't going for you in this outing. I don't want to push you further than needs be. We've got big plans still. We've got big goals for this season. Let's just focus on rest up, get right. And let's, let's get back to dominating in the second half. And to your point, like on box, I love box. Box is very important for this team. If someone's got to die out there, (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm the manager. I'm letting Box die as opposed to Hater. Like, if the situation is bad, well, you know what? Let's let's not have someone who, without really any debate, we would all have been up until a few weeks ago. Like, oh, yeah, that is the closer in baseball. 
let's not have him be the guy to have to wear it for to have to really like we've seen box have some tough outings too which act very interesting i like only as people heard earlier in real time on the podcast i was like hey box didn't pitch at all in these four games um Maybe they gave him the rest he needed. I hope so. I certainly hope there's lots of injury news we don't know about there because we don't need any more of that. But yeah, I'd protect Hader at all costs would be my game plan because he's just, he's too essential. It's like this team, like we talk all the time about the offense because that's what they need. This team is Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams, Hader. Like, that is that is the bones of like what really gives a sky high ceiling for this team if everything was to click if they were to get hot for a run like there's a lot of players i like position players but we all know where the best of this team lies it's something we've been consistent in the start it's in the pitching and funnily enough the pitching has been all over the place this season in large part due to injuries but there have been ups and downs too but we know that the best of those guys is the thing that really gives the Brewers a chance to be so much better than what they have at their their positions. And that comes down to, you know, small market team owner with a a wallet slammed shut and not opening up very easily. Um, I'd like to see it opened up. Uh, I'm gonna choose your your uh thought process of at the end of this all-star break everybody's gonna be fixed and gotten the rest they need first game well first game against colorado i was gonna say it's it's colorado so it shouldn't be a close game but who are we kidding uh most games here are close games uh it's gonna be six innings from whoever starts that game um and then we're gonna get a seven eight nine scoreless three innings from Box, Devin, and Hader, and, and all is going to be right with the world. Uh, moving on to to Saturday's <laughs> game three, which added uh, another wrinkle to things here and another thing for us to insult talk about. Insult to injury. This is very yeah. much an insult to injury situation. Uh, another game with very limited offense. Darren Ruff Homer in the sixth off of Eric Lauer, who other than that was fantastic. Seven innings pitch, two hits, only the one earned run. Did have three walks, but four strikeouts, limiting the home run damage to only a single shot and limiting it to situations where there's nobody on base. Very key for Eric Lauer, and he's stringing together some good starts to, to close out the All-Star break. Um, Omar Narvaez, sack fly in the eighth after a Hunter Renfro, uh I don't did they call it a double and then an error? Yes, they called it a double and then an error on the center fielder. Uh, and then he went a to... nasty, nasty slide into third base from Renfro, where I was like, "Oh, he's going to injure his knee on that." Like, maybe we should get Hunter some. Maybe like he can work with Jonathan Davis. You know, different aerodynamics working there for sure. But on how to slide into a base without possibly injuring himself. Although you know, maybe Jonathan always... Davis is not the guy to pair anyone up with. Like, if you're looking to avoid the potentially injuring or maybe themselves to make a play. I've always said that uh, Hunter Renfro reminds me of a a tight end. So that was almost like he was diving for the pylon is what that looked like for me. Mm -hmm. Hunter Renfro scored the touchdown eventually. This game still tied 1-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Brent Suter comes on to pitch. Um, Joey Bart strikes out looking. Uh, A 
a pair of singles from Austin Slater and Wilmer Flores put runners on first and second. Uh, ground ball to third base by Darren Ruff, where I think Jace Peterson did a good job to uh, bring in the slow grounder and keep the runner coming to third in front of him to for the force out. That could have gone awry as the runner's charging towards him as he's trying to field a, a ground ball, so that was nice. From that point, uh, with Evan Longoria coming up, Yando Gustave would relieve Studer. Hits Evan Longoria with a pitch uh, to load the bases with two outs. And then the umpire decided to make this game about him. Gustave uh, steps off the back of the mound to kind of reset himself. uh, And a balk is called. And I can't for the life of me figure out what the the movement is that was considered a balk. The umpires in the postgame said it was pretty cut and dry which is the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's not a balk, I think, by the letter of the law, and it's definitely not a balk by the spirit of the law. So, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I I know you've n- probably had not seen anything like that to this point that no. was so just illogical. Bullshit. Just complete utter bullshit. Like, what kind of way is that for a game to be decided? But also, just what what are we doing here? Like, what I I understand, I guess the spirit of of why balks are a thing. We've seen some really really obvious balks earlier in the season. This was not that at all. Um, I only caught up on this game this morning before we recorded, and I could not believe. Maybe I was just very offline and missed the outrage. I couldn't believe our Discord wasn't popping for days. This is one of the more egregious things I've seen. I did some Twitter deep diving, see what people were saying all across the Twitter sphere, because it just seemed like the kind of ridiculous call that would get some some mileage. There was a lot of like uh, detective work with ultra ultra zoomed in gifs of, I think his foot going off the back, but not fully getting clear of the rubber, which is supposedly that's what it's called for. That by the letter of the law is a bulk. <laughs> there is no way the home plate umpire who calls this can see that, you know, there's maybe a millimeter of his foot touching the rubber from his position. Like, there's just no way. I don't understand it. There is no people are like, oh, you know, his shoulder. His shoulder doesn't move. His shoulder doesn't move. There's nothing in terms of his upper body movement that I think you can classify as a bulk. I just blows my mind blows my mind uh i i also feel for gustava who I, I think has been really really good lately one of like along with hobie milner and not getting necessarily that level of credit but just really solid era down to 3.63 and that's from a really kind of tough spot early in the year he's been working that down very steadily very very reliable uh middle reliever at this point for the brewers just i i do not understand like that's a that's a big problem that's that's the kind of thing to cross sports here in terms of comparisons like if something like that happened in the nba that's coming up at the governor's meeting at the end of the season and there's going to be a real change and given everything i already know about major league baseball that is absolutely not going to happen here but that is not something that you know you should have in your game like it, it's got to be really clear. Like, I, I think box have got to be really, really clear and obvious because if you're calling them like that, close game, one out needed in the eight, 
<laughs> it's ridiculous. What are you doing? Yeah, my question is, who is that for? Who's like, I came to the ballpark umpire. to see a ball. Pretty umpire. Yeah. I did my yeah. job. I did my job. Like, oh my god. I know we need them in theory until the AI overlords are ready. But just like, if you Which grow up point, and you're we've like... Got bigger problems. <laughs> if you're like growing up and you're just like, yeah, what do I want to be when I grow up? I want to be an umpire. Like, God, what what went wrong? It's like we're I don't know. Anyway, uh, terrible call really just ruins the end of a baseball game. Uh, Gustave would bounce back and strike out Mike Gostromski. Honestly, I don't enough to really we don't probably best we don't think too much at this right now. Brewers could miss the playoffs because of this. Like it's all set up for them to be in a very, very tight race where a game here or there could certainly matter. I know there's a whole bunch of things we could look back on if that's the case, but I don't know if they're going to have one, which is just like literally an umpire decided in the moment, not with terrible calls for strikes or balls. Like this is different. This could cost the Brewers come the end of the season. Cause I, I don't know how much daylight they're going to be playing with down the stretch. And that is just not okay. It's terrible for your product. If you're major league baseball, I thought we were, Start the, the season over with positivity. With, sure, yeah, but it's yeah. possible, Andrew. You know, <laughs> if it if that happens, I'm gonna send that umpire a strongly worded email. Uh, you you have you have my word on that. If they miss the playoffs by one game, I'm writing that absolute loser <laughs> an email telling him to go get a real job. Well, uh, sorry for putting this into your head. Yeah, it's fine. I, I always hated umpires, so, you know, it's just par for the course here. Um, so the Brewers would go down. So I do want to comment that striking out Mike Yastrzemski with the bases loaded after he had his bases loaded heroics uh, the other night. Really impressive bounce back from Gustave there after just having a run taken from you. And I think the run, you know, because of the way the game started was charged to suitor. Um but and he, nice, and he gave nice... this stare down and some some talk back to the umpire on the way out, which I also like. Maybe he should have just lost it, but I do applaud his composure to just hold it together, do his job, and then show the attitude because he got screwed. Well, you you asked or you asked about not a lot of comment in the Discord. My comment was like if he's better man than me, because I get ejected as soon as I strike that guy out, like probably banned for like five games because of how <laughs> much I, I freak out. I just like someone just inserting themselves into a baseball game for no reason, just because they really like, I haven't done the motion for balk in a while. Um, but that's, I guess what that was. Um, anyway, moving on to the final game of the series. Uh, another bad one, Aaron Ashby versus Logan Webb. Ashby being used as an opener, a la the Tampa Bay Rays. The plan was for him to face uh, six or seven hitters, Council said. And the first inning did not go well. Uh, an inning pitch, three hits, two runs in that inning. Did get a pair of strikeouts. Um, the Brewers had been staked to a one nothing lead going into that bottom half of the first, thanks to a Willie Adamas homer. And... It would unravel from from there. Uh, Jason Alexander came in in the second, and he was the guy that was just tasked with eating innings today after um, after the lead was lost. It was still a game when he came in, but it got away very quickly. 
Five innings pitch from Alexander, eight hits, seven runs, all of them earned, two walks, five strikeouts, uh, two homers allowed. Uh, the third inning, I think, was the the big inning, Adam, that was particularly troublesome. I think we were, at that point, uh, we were on a Bucks Summer League playback altogether. Uh, I was on a at- Bucks Summer League playback for all of this game. So I, I had a screen on beside me. Uh, our our friend Dumak, who frequently, uh, well, does he frequently attend our Brewers playbacks? I guess that's up for debate. He does occasionally, but he he was in this books playback time, and he gave the Willie home run update, and that was exciting. Uh, I had actually forgotten that the game had started, set it up, had it on beside me, and let's just say there weren't too many more Brewers updates coming in the the books summer league playback chat. So it was just me miserably watching. Just it all go wrong. All yes, all go wrong. Yeah. So that bottom of the third, Brewers go into that inning only down two one. Wilmer Flores leads off with a single. Evan Longoria follows up with a single. Jock Peterson, tormentor, uh, someone that now haunts my dreams too. Uh, double to right to score both of those runners. Uh, a couple of ground outs to to get things back in order. Then Joey Bart reaches on an infield single. Uh, which scores Longoria, Peterson over to third, and then Lamont Way Jr., three-run homer to make it 7-1. And from there, it, you know, to the to the credit of the guys in this baseball game, uh, they did not give up. Uh, mm-hmm. Another, a Brandon Belt homer in the sixth makes it 9-1 even. Uh, and then in the seventh, Hunter Renfro doubles, scores Peterson and McCutcheon. Rowdy, homers with yellow on base to make it nine five in the eight that would be the end of the scoring but uh really tough game to just shout, shout was, out to was... uh connor's connor sadzik yeah uh two innings uh only one hit a couple of strikeouts a walk first uh first appearance i think for the brewers is that right yeah. and then uh, uh particularly as like some offense did come like if if we were to have a much more dramatic role reversal i'll uh what happened to Hayter in game two? If she was on the other foot, we would have had Connor Sadzak to, to thank for going out and doing some good stuff. My gripe uh, here. My gripe. Andrew. Yeah. We've already fought off air about this. this. Is, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Go ahead. It does not change what Ashby is as a pitcher. It does not change what Jason Alexander is as a pitcher. I think the process is wrong here from Council. I think Alexander should be starting. Like we've talked at length. Um, over the course of the season. Ashby as a starter is something obviously going into the year they wanted to get going. Honestly, never worked all that well when they tried it and then injuries started to strike and they had no choice but for him to be a starter. His best pitching of the season, I think without a doubt, has still come in a bullpen roll. Multiple innings in a bullpen roll. That's, that's where he's been at his best this year. Jason Alexander, every time he's been put in the bullpen, it's a disaster. So this may just be really pedantic, but on a very simple level, if I was planning out and I'm like, we're going to basically split the bulk of the innings for today between these two guys. I'm starting Alexander and I'm, I'm having Ashby in the bullpen. So to begin with, that's just, that was just weird to me when Ashby gets to start. And then was it one on in the second when he was pulled. Something, something like that. I know he gave up a single in the second. I can't remember if anyone else was on. There was no walk, so no, that's probably right. Um, 
was just, why why are you doing yeah, it this no, way? The, that was uh no, it was a double uh to the left, and then that was Davis's throwing error. Oh, allowed okay, okay. Yastr- so Yastrzemski gets the third there. I just I I would have that flipped. Now that doesn't change that Ashby should be better, Alexander should be better, and I think to your point, if you talked off air, can Alexander be better? Possibly not. And the Brewers have kind of pushed this one as far as they they can. The reality is they're probably going to have to just ride with that for a while more, particularly until Freddie's back. Um, I don't know. That's tough, but I just I don't I don't really like the process there. Someone can tell me it doesn't matter, but I'm like, let's put guys in their best spots to succeed. And I think where both of those guys have succeeded most this season. Like if you're only planning on giving Ashby a couple of innings any, put him in the bullpen. I don't don't get the leading off with it. I agree with you, but I also think it doesn't matter at all in this game. And this game was just Alexander didn't have it. Because once you get through that second inning where he comes on with a runner on and you're down two one, I think he did his job that inning. Great. Like you're you're down two one after the second. Um it's basically like a normal start from that standpoint. If if it were the fifth inning or something and Ashby had gone five and then he's bringing Alexander in. I'd be like, what are you doing? Like trying to bring him in in a high leverage relief role from the third inning on. It's basically just a normal game for Jason Alexander. That being said, I did not understand the logic in why Ashby was the opener. If it was a situation where the giants, our lineup stacked with lefties, our first three batters of the game are Jock Peterson, Brandon belt or Lamont way, junior Brandon belt, Jock Peterson. And we want to get Ashby through those guys. So Alexander comes into the second with the right-handed half of the order. We take one low, uh, one plate appearance with the powerful lefties away from Ashby's out, or Alexander's out, outing. Sorry, like the Rays will do things like that. That makes a lot of sense. This situation, I don't understand why they did it. I don't think it really made that much of an impact in the game. I think the game was just what it was, and it was just terrible. But I think we're at a point in the season where. Well, they need Freddie Peralta back. That's number one. And hell, maybe they need Adrian Hauser back. And oh, when you I, get to ideally, that point, to get the five starters back would be a great place. Well, but and then Ashby can just go into that role where he clearly succeeds. And that's I'm going at least one inning. I'm probably going two, and I can just empty the tank in those two innings and miss bats and bridge uh, bridge the gap in a game where maybe a starter goes five and then I'll come in for two get you to those late innings you go straight from the starter and Ashby to Devin and Hayter I think that's his best role on this team um process there I agree 100% didn't make sense but they lost this game just because Jason Alexander lost it and the offense waited too late to score runs I had missed the um Kurt Hogg of the Journal Sentinel had reported that Hauser was spotted playing catch last week. I didn't actually realize things were coming around that fast with him, so that's good. I know Hauser himself has had a very up and down season, but I think give it some of the alternatives. Hauser's a major league pitcher. We can we agree on that? Like that's yeah, okay. Uh, much 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 like you're looking forward to uh, a fresh season of baseball starting on Friday. I'm really looking forward to seeing Freddie Peralta and Adrian Hauser back in this rotation. 
my one my one other counter to you on Alexander, and this is the one place where I think maybe it does matter. Given his style of pitching, having him come into a game where he's inheriting anything, where there's already runs against you on the scoreboard too, I just I don't think that's that's a good spot ahead of a game. You know that's a possibility. I don't think like this this goes down to your point and to the flaws in Alexander as a pitcher and what can you really do with him if it's that limited. But I do think he is going to get hits. We know this. This whole game is built around that. Guys are going to get on base. I think you put him in a very different spot. You're asking him again to be, to get back to this, Brewers pitchers, you've got to be perfect. And when he's coming in and the team is behind and he's inheriting runners, I, I just think that's a bad a bad spot to put him in. Like it's it's not playing to his skills and you're setting yourself up for more trouble than if he starts the game. That is not to say that he starts the game, he goes five innings, he allows seven runs anyway. But they're all on him. I just think him coming into the game, it feels to me like you increase the chance of it going south in a hurry, which is what happened here. So that that is just the other part of the the logic where I, I feel there's a disconnect because I, I think... That tracks for me if he had blown up in that first inning where he inherited runners that comes out with a clean inning and then just gets absolutely shelled in the third. Like if that, if that precarious, uh, if you're putting yourself in that precarious of a situation where if I had to come in mid game uh, and, and then the the next inning where there I'm starting with a blank slate and I lost it because of that situation, that's just what, what does that is, what is that picture really bringing you in value? If that's a situation where, it, they just lose it. I don't. I just don't think those circumstances really had anything to do with Alexander. I think it was just one of those situations that is going to happen with him because of how many base runners he allowed. But I, I get your logic 100%. I that's, get where you're That's fair. From. And I, again, I'm talking about if you're sitting down, you're counseling the staff, you're sitting down before the game to make the decision. I think the last thing you want is to set up a spot where you're like, well, if Ashby doesn't have it, he gives up three runs in the first. There's two runners on the second, and we're going to bring Alexander in. Now, the situation wasn't as bad as that, but I just, that's, logically, it doesn't do anything for me. It's like, no, let Alexander go. And you know what? If Alexander gets absolutely just tanked out there and it doesn't happen, it's the last game for the break. Don't even don't even pitch Ashby. Like, if, if he's only going to go one or two anyway. I, I just, I don't see any point in the way they did it. But does it change yeah, the game? Yeah. Ultimately, no. I was, it was nice to see five runs. Um, maybe get some earlier. Maybe keep it competitive. Get some of some of the other games. Great to see Big big Rowdy come up with a homer because his bat has looked dead for about 10 days now, two weeks. Guy who we've talked about for a while probably needs a break has played more games than anyone on the team, right? With Yelich missing some, I think that's probably Rowdy in the clear. Oh, him and him and Yelich are tied on 88. I guess Rowdy got a day off in the series too. Um, Yeah, look, breaks, breaks here. Everyone's going to rest up. In spite of all the things we've talked about here, it's going to, it's going to be great. They're going to come back next week. We're going to have a really fun time watching them against Colorado. They're just going to rack up runs, Andrew. I believe it. Uh, I do want to say I this is I do like Jason Alexander and what he has given from time to time this year. I do want to say that it was a great story. Um, is the story coming to an end? Maybe uh, for at least a little bit. He was optioned to Nashville after the game. Uh, it seems like Tyrone Taylor will be ready to roll by the time uh, the Colorado series comes around. So that uh, in theory 
Uh, it seems to be what Todd Rosiak of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel implied in his piece after the game that that will be the corresponding move after the All-Star break. So uh, tough day from Alexander, but positives towards the end of the game with the offense coming to life. And like you said, Adam, Friday's a new day. Um, Tuesday's a new day. And we'll get to that in a minute. So just one last thing on that. Maybe, maybe we don't see him back. Maybe we do. They're going to need another, unless Hauser is going to be fully recovered, which that would surprise me, given we're just it, talking about so playing catch. What I would imagine uh, is, excuse me, uh, a trip through the rotation. Like, let's see. I'm trying to get to where we start. So we got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all in Colorado. And then Tuesday, Minnesota. So maybe you go with four not named Jason Alexander pitchers in those four games. And then Burns, Woody, Lauer, Ashby. Uh yeah, and then and then someone sent down on Tuesday and Alexander makes that start. That would be my guess. And they just try and keep an extra pin armor, an extra bench player in the interim when they don't need him, based on just where how the schedule is laid out since you have this a couple of days off that's honestly to on brand and probably like a broken record for us but this seems like the timing like you've got the timing to plan it out make sure things align that you get another star free and small tuesday at home against minnesota let's do it i want another one don't don't think it'll happen but it would be a very logical spot to do it which is probably the reason why it's almost guaranteed not to happen yes um Nevertheless, so tough three out of four game series loss to the Giants. Uh, Futures game. What, let's 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 pivot. Let's pivot. Start thinking, thinking All Star. We'll we'll get back. We'll get back. We'll do Master Brew points. We'll wrap up with that stuff, and stand with a, a brief look ahead. But let's go All Star for a second, just to break this up. People have probably had enough of some Brewers for a few minutes. Um, we had Joey Weimer, Jackson Churia. Um, Joey Weimer, Niners have seen this game. <laughs> Niners have seen this game. This is the last minute before I was like, Yeah, oh, better put up the box score. So, Weimer had There's one reason why we haven't seen it. Well, that's all. I actually don't think it was possible for me to see it. Could you have seen it? Uh, I was on Peacock. Have you got Peacock? I did. Okay, well, at least you could have seen it. I mean, that's fair enough. Well, um, I could it, have seen it, but it was, but going they put on it up against. He- Brewers games and shit, it's not not great. I, I have a brief rant. MLB continually just showing that they don't actually know how to grow the game or care about growing the game. There was no Sunday night baseball last night. They could have put that in a window all its own and shown people, hey, here are the next also putting on Peacock. Of... Yeah, that too. In- insanity. Makes no sense. Just here's the best of what's coming. Let's make sure nobody sees them. Just truly, truly incredible stuff. Uh, Rob Manfred, really good at his job. Joey Weimer, one at bat. One RBI. Seems like a sack fly. Don't know anymore. Again, I actually don't think I have the option to even see this. Um, Two at bats for for Jackson Churio with no result. And then uh, two thirds innings for for Kelly, all clean. So I guess that's that's something, but that's the Brewers 
uh, level of interest from the futures game. Do you want to do you want to keep looking to the future for a second? Seeing as the MLB draft, another event that I'm pretty struck by. I I get it's different. I get how it works, but compared to NBA, compared to NFL, just Major League Baseball, you do a tr- tremendous job of minimizing the draft. Tr- truly, truly top class stuff. Uh. Very much so. Uh, but I, I did like that their first pick was someone that I've seen play baseball on TV. Uh, shortstop from Coastal Carolina, Eric Brown. Based on everything I've read and seen about him, seems like a very good contact hitter, very good defensive player, not a lot of swing and miss, had more walks than strikeouts during his uh, most recent season at Coastal Carolina. So interesting player to add into the farm system there maybe i'll get to see him over in zebulon at some point at the carolina mudcats game they also took you're going going back to zebulon is that what i'm hearing if eric brown's there i might um oh yeah uh second second round pick was uh jacob mizorowski how'd i do on that i I, I don't actually know mizorowski i would say it's offski um, but how maybe it would be pronounced, say, in Poland, for example, and how it's pronounced in America are two different things. So time will tell. We'll find out. Uh, six foot seven, uh, 190 pound starting pitcher with a fastball that gets up to 100 miles per hour. Basically, he... 101. The Brewers retweeted an MLB network clip of him from the combine where he is, he is strong heat. He's uh, from Crowder Junior College in Missouri, same school that Aaron Ashby uh, attended. Uh, He's an LSU commit, but it's clear that the Brewers are going to sign him and he's going to get right to pro ball. So those two guys added to the mix. And then one more draft pick, uh, Robert Moore from Arkansas, also a shortstop. Apparently his nickname is Big Game Bob because of all the clutch hits he's mm. gotten. And he's the son of Kansas City Royals GM Dayton Moore. So uh clutch yeah, hits. Tough... Can we can we get him? Can we get him with the Brewers now? Had a tough junior year, hit 232 with eight homers, five foot nine switch hitter. Uh so we'll 232 see. with eight homers does not sound very, you know, big game, Bob. Yeah, but maybe those those hummers are coming. They're in, just in only when it matters. He's just terrible the rest of the time. But you've got to keep him in games in spite of that because he delivers them. I'm exactly. being interested. It would be a role reversal on Sweater Brewers. So um I'm excited to learn a bit more about those guys over the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Hopefully, hopefully the Brewers have got something good there, even if if it doesn't doesn't strike us as oh here's the next big thing right now who knows maybe maybe the Brewers have caught something we haven't. Um, All Star housekeeping I guess here not a whole lot of Brewers involvement. We've already mentioned Corbin Burns is not going to pitch, and um, Josh Hader uh, will not be in attendance at all. Devin Williams, as as you know, there did get his much deserved call up, so he will get his first All Star appearance. I think we're all very excited for that. He's pitching really well at the moment, so hopefully he puts on a show. And as we were quite angry about last week, the fact that they were not going out of their way to get Devin Williams and his Arsenal pitches in the game, the fact that they are now, let's hope, 
Devon brings out some of his really, really nasty stuff um, and gets some of the eyes and even more of the credit that he, he already deserves for his play this season. Yeah, really uh, hope to see Devin get an inning. He deserves it. Uh, he's been an incredible pitcher this year. Uh, Hater, as we've said many times, staying home, good for him. Rest up. You've earned it. And Corbin Burns, uh, you know, now he's not pitching. Maybe he'll just be creating content with a GoPro in the uh, around the home run derby uh, with the guys that are, like, sitting behind them. You know, there's always a couple of those guys every year. Maybe Burns can be a uh, cruising for a bruising uh, on-site representative for the All-Star game. We'll, we'll have to look into that. Home run derby tonight. He loves, a, he loves a, an in-game interview, and he's very good at it. So maybe we get some Corbin Burns interviews along the way. That is a great point. Uh, moving on to the Master Brewer leaderboard for this series. Uh, I added one names. here at the end, by the way. Yeah, I was actually trying – Damn it, Adam, I was going to Trevor got you like you did last weekend and add this guy to the mix as well, and you beat me to the punch. Um, but I wholeheartedly endorse it, because as we'll get to in a minute. So Willie Adamas, 5 for 18, a homer, two runs, two RBI. Jonathan Davis, 4 for 15, two runs, an RBI, two walks. Um, as we mentioned, he's just been a, a bright spot when they needed him to be. Eric Lauer, seven innings pitch, two hits, three walks, four Ks, one earned run. Corbin Burns, seven third innings pitch, four hits, three walks, 10 strikeouts, two runs, only one earned. Brandon Woodruff, five and two thirds innings pitch, five hits, five walks, four Ks, two earned runs. And then the man added to the mix at the end just continues to throw up zeros. Hobie Milner, two and a thirds innings pitch, no hits, no walks, no Ks. Got it all done with soft contact. There you go, Hobie. Uh, leaderboard. 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 You had updated your part of it, had you? I had. I've updated my part of it. So, leaderboard through 93 games. We have tied the top. Gordon Burns, ready to let 12 Master Brew points each. I think that feels right, too, doesn't it? At, at this point in the season, going into going into All-Star, given availability for both of those guys, their general consistency. Corbin had a little bit of a lull. Rowdy's having one right now. Um, but it does feel like those two guys have probably had as much in terms of moments as anyone else. Willie Adamas, I think, would be higher on this if he hadn't had his run with injuries. But that, that feels right to me, Corbin and Rowdy. Yeah, that, that really does feel spot on. Um, Jace, Christian Yelch in behind them with nine apiece. Willie Adamas has eight. Kutch and Josh Hader with seven. Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams with six. Hobby Milner, Eric Lauer, Luis Arias, Tyrone Taylor, Hunter Renfro with five. Kessenura, Colton Mong with four. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Aaron Ashby, and Freddie Peralta with three apiece. Uh, with two, we've got Jonathan Davis, Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez, Adrian Hauser, and Trevor Gott. And the increasingly shrinking single beer club, Luke Barker, Peter Strzelak. That, that's I mean, there's nobody just doing our look ahead now. I think we'll no, probably no. we'll we'll do an episode later in the week. Uh, I don't know if you're mostly prepared for this. This may have felt like a better idea a few days ago, but where we'll I guess run the rule over the roster, um, dig in and talk about who's really standing out, what we're looking for from some other guys where maybe they could find something else in the second half. Kind of a a state of play. Not something that this relentless schedule ever gives us an opportunity to do. It barely gives us an opportunity to do it 
during all-star break um but that's that's in the plans for sure we are gonna do an all-star game watch along on playback if you'd like to join us and please do we want to get as much people watching baseball with us as possible we get great interest attendance at our books rooms we would love love for some more people to take the plunge come join us watch baseball live with us chat throughout it's a lot of fun um myself and andrew always up on stage ty rohan jordan like regularly very regularly and reliably we'll have some other uh, gspn hosts in the mix and then busy active chat full of regulars we're constantly interacting with them it's always a lot of fun a good laugh so if you've never taken the plunge before to get access to the all-star game playback you will need to be a member of our gspn discord very very simple to join go to gspn.info there is a link to the form there to request access put the details in we'll send you an invite you're in the discord that means you can also chat up with andrew in particular andrew's very active in talking all things brewers in there so if you've got questions you've got thoughts that's always a good spot to be and it will get you into all of our playbacks um all-star game to begin with but all also brewers games as we move into the second half so just some extra spotlight on that because it should be a fun one um lower stress than usual not too much brewers involvement um but one that i'm looking forward to as always Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Cruising for Bruising. We're on Twitter at Brewers GSPN. I'm at Adam McGee 11. Andrew's at AC Snide. GSPN.info again. All things Eurostep Podcast Network you'll find there. And of course, you should be subscribed to the main Eurostep feed. Uh, for books fans, something something good. Something you'll, you'll want to feast your ears upon later in the week. Uh, big, big week for the books you know some anniversaries some things you might have heard of some things you might remember coming up so we've got a good episode on the ursa podcast network coming very very soon and yeah that's pretty much it if you like what you hear please leave five star ratings reviews wherever you listen to your podcast until next time thanks again to all of you for listening thank you andrew thanks adam